in the men's Bible study, uh, we had gone through the book of Haggai, and, and I continued to chew on it for a while, and uh, I wanted to share a few thoughts that come out of that particular book. Um, Israel had been hauled off into Babylon per Jeremiah's prophecy, and even Isaiah had prophesied that Cyrus would allow people to come back. Jeremiah had said it's going to go for 70 years, and this was taking place. And so they had come back to build the temple, a remnant of people, and got a good start, and then the wheels fell off. There were some government officials that just said, this is not good, and we don't want this going on, and the process stopped. So um, that's where we're going to pick up the story. Haggai was a prophet, and he begins to tell people it's time to get going again. So this is what happens. The Lord uh, has spoken through Haggai, and he says, these people have said the time for rebuilding the Lord's temple has not yet come. You know, they've, they've recognized that they don't have the power to change this in the moment. And yet the Lord's message came through Haggai, and it says, Is it right for you to live in richly paneled houses while my temple is in ruins? Um, this particular word is kind of interesting because it's, it um, refers to like their ceilings being paneled. You know, like we have this uh, tongue and groove paneling in vogue right now, and Apparently it was in the early 60s, right? And uh, it's like the interior decorator came into the house and is looking around and goes, darling, you simply got to do something about this ceiling. <laughs> if you go to Lebanon and get some lumber, we can fix this. You know, it, it is, it's going to cost you, but it'll look great. And that going on in some ways is, you know, it's, it's a natural response. But what I'd like to draw your attention to is that there are times when we start investing in ourselves and the things around us because the dreams are dead. And at times it's appropriate to look and say, am I trying to make the best of a situation that went awry or doesn't seem to be working right now? Or is this something God's called me to? And there are times when we can notice that if I'm not investing in the community, if I'm not investing in God's place, so to speak, that, and we've just kind of contented ourselves to, to make life easier or luxury, in some ways, it may be a statement that we've given up on the dreams that God has placed in front of us. And so I just I throw that out there that these people had been shut down, and, and from what I can read, or it appears, some of the commentators say 14 years that the dream had just died. And so, you know, they're, it's not like they're being profane They've just lost their course. And uh, so that this, this is one of those times where you look at it and go, oh, that's an interesting concept to say, what are the dreams God's placed on me, and I, am I continuing to walk in those, 
Or have I just contented myself that I'll make life as cushy as I can and embrace that as his goodness over me? So, anyhow, the, uh, the, it, it shuts down for this time. And then out of the book of Ezra, um, in chapter 5, it says, Haggai and Zechariah started prophesying to Zerubbabel, the governor, and to Joshua, the high priest, and to the remnant that had returned, saying, it's time to get going again. It's time to do something. And uh, the beauty of the story is, is that they do. You know, they, they start to take it on. And it, there's a couple of questions that, that Haggai throws out. And he, he, one of you asks him, he says, you have been investing in things and, you know, planting, and yet you're not harvesting much. You've been spinning your wheels, so to speak. You know, you've been trying to do things. You, it's like you're, you eat this meal, but it's never quite satisfying. You drink something, and it's never quite enough. You put on clothes, but you're never quite warm. You take your wages, you save them, you put them in a bag, and, and it's like the bag has holes. It just You go to pull it out, and it, there's not enough there. This can be one of the indicators that we've stepped off the path and God's trying to get our attention. And so it's, it's one of those, again, one of those questions. Haggai throws it out there and says, what's happening with your life? And if your wheels are continuing to spin, is it possible that you've abandoned what he's asked you to do and that you're just kind of trying to make the best of the situation and yet it's not satisfying you at all? And so it's, a, again, one of those questions that can be asked even today. The beauty of this is that the people respond. It says Zerubbabel and Joshua and the whole remnant of the people, all of those that had come back to build the temple, obeyed the Lord, and they responded favorably to the message. It says they began to respect the Lord. Interesting word, right? That uh, they had, in some ways, lost this appreciation of God in their lives. But they began to respond and then the Lord's message comes through Haggai in the 13th verse, first chapter, and he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. In other words, it's like, okay, you may have been abandoned what was set out before you. You may have been distracted and things have not been working out. And there's a question of, can we get back on track? Can we really even recover? And in this story, God's saying, I'm with you. And so they, they respond, and I love the fact that it's not just the leaders, it's the whole group. It's like, you know, there's at times we talk about what does unity look like? And in this case, all the way down, there there's a response where everybody is linking arms. So it's not just leaders, it's not just uh, members, it's 
everybody coming together and saying, let's get this done. And then um, another question comes out in this book. They're doing the job, and they look around and they're going, <laughs> this huge pile of rubble and all these stones, it'll never look like the old building looked like. It, it, it will never have the same dynamic. And, and so there's... And, you know, 70 years, there couldn't have been that many that had actually lived all the, the way through, but they'd heard the stories of the wonder of, of the temple, of Solomon's temple, and, you know, and even though it had, it had seasons where it did well, and then there were, there were kings that were tearing it apart, and then it would be put back together, but it had been a, a fabulous edifice for that day. And, you know, there... They're building this thing, and, and it's not looking as good. And so there's the question of, you know, well, yeah, God's with us, and we're recovering, but can it have any real, can it look great at all? Can it be um, healthy and good and whole? And he says, even though it looks like nothing in comparison, he says, I'm with you. Do not fear. I've made a promise to you and your ancestors. And my spirit even now testifies. In a little while, I will once again shake the sky and earth and sea and dry ground. And I'll shake the nations and they'll offer you their treasures. And I'll fill this house or this temple with glory. And so he hearkens back to the covenant he had made with them and says, I haven't abandoned that. And he goes on to say, my spirit is with you. And then we read this and we say, okay, yeah, he's shaking the heavens and all of that. That, that imagery, you know, that's nice. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, that's God talk if there ever was. Now, here's the crazy part. When they start rebuilding, the people, you know, there are other leaders in the region that go, we don't like this project, and they try to shut it down. And so they send word all the way back to Babylon, and a search is made in the archives, and out comes this edict from Cyrus saying, um, you can go, you can do this. In fact, I should read just a little bit. And this is during Darius's reign, but oh, uh, the word comes back from Darius to the guys that have tried to shut this down. Do not interfere with the work of this temple. Let the governor and the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house on its site. Moreover, I decree that you are to do for these elders in the construction of the house the expenses of these men are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury from the revenue of the trans-Euphrates, so the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs, for burnt offerings of the God of heavens, and what salt, wine, oil was requested by the priests of Jerusalem must be given to them daily without fail. So they may offer sacrifices pleasing to God of heaven, pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. 
And he, then he threatens them and saying, if you don't do this, uh, we're going to pull your house down. So <laughs> it's not only just the prophecy of shaking the heavens and re- bringing treasures from the nation. It's a literal thing that took place. They had to step forward in faith and begin this process and once again pick up a dream that it's had dormant for the 14 years. But when it's all said and done and their enemies have given their best shot, God comes back with even better blessings saying, well, pay the men for their work. Take care of what they need. So their enemies are forced to take this into account and offer to them. So I, I, I just look at that and I'm going, Jesus has established a covenant with us. He has promised his spirit to our lives. And so what right do we have to abandon dreams that he's given us? Obviously, those things get tailored, right? And that temple isn't going to look quite like they thought when they came back. But the promise of God's presence there and his glory in it, pretty amazing. And to trust God to say, your presence is going to go with me. You're going to grant me peace. You're going to guide my steps. Then it's appropriate to respect and honor him accordingly. It says, I will give peace. And the future splendor is going to be greater than the former times. And so he's making a declaration and saying, there is more that you don't know. Now, when I apply this to, to this life, so to speak, I'm going, I don't know how things will look. But I do know at times that when we gather together and say, let's chase this thing, it may not have all the identification that we plan, but the heart of God is over such things. And to have his glory upon it is pretty amazing. Now, he... Haggai, again, calls them to a thing and, and saying, I need you to take note of this date. So it's very specific. You know, to this point, you've invested a lot and got nothing back, so to speak. But he says, you need to know that I no longer am going to view this as unclean or distorted, but I'm going to bring this into well-being. So they, they have not been living with favor because they had abandoned what God had asked them to do. But now God's saying, note the date because my blessing is going to rest on you. You sowed a lot, you didn't get much back, but from t- today on, I will bless you. Now, um, I want to go on to one more point coming out of this book. Comes to the end, and uh, the message comes to the governor, Zerubbabel. How would you like to have that name? (laughs) No, thank you. Uh, Name your kids that, no. (laughs) What would you even nickname them? Dabby? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try to get back on track. He says, 
tell Zerubbabel, the Lord says, I'll make you like a signet ring, for I've chosen you. Now, I like the, I know the immediate application of this is that the ring in this statement is a sign of authority that, uh, you know, a person would mark something with their ring and that carried the sign of a contract like a signature does today. But I like to think of it as, uh, have you ever considered yourself as like God's pinky ring? God's bling? You know, that, that God would call you his bling? You're a sign of his wealth, sign of his glory, sign of his affection? I mean, when, when rings are given that way and a gal sports this huge rock and she's going, he sure loves me. Oh, did you see that? Oh, yeah. You know? It's, it's that declaration, so to speak, of relationship. It's that declaration of wealth in the family. It's that declaration of authority, of, of the power that's behind it, so to speak. And God's saying to this guy, you know, you've responded you're my bling. <laughs> That's what your life is going to look like when people say to you, they're going to, oh, God's favor's on that guy. Wow, the wealth of God is with that person. God's glory is, is connected with that life. You want to be around that. You'd like to participate. Like to have his ring as well. But it's, it's this thing of, you know, they've lived with this tension for years. And suddenly they've been called out of it and said, it's time to move on. It's time to rekindle what God has spoken. It's time to acknowledge that he is capable of making things happen that we can't. And out of this comes this grand awareness that God really is in this. It's a wonder to behold. So I, I, I put that out to you and just say, boy, these Old Testament books, even though the names are really strange, <laughs> there's a lot to be gleaned for life. And it may be that we need to pick up some of the dreams that we've had and say, God, okay, I truly believe you spoke to me, but I need you to define that so that I can chase this thing again. And even in communities, it's time to look and say, God, what do you want done? How do you want us to respond as a community? What would you like for us to, to step forward in, in, your, in project with you? How would you like to be seen in the community from this group? You know, if we represent your ring, what, what is that going to look like to those around us? God, accomplish your work. We thank you for your scripture that speaks life. We thank you that you stir our hearts through it. Take this word and make it life to us. Amen. Just acknowledge the goodness of God working in our lives, guiding our
our steps. What a privilege it is to be together. May our blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to have dreams fulfilled in you. I ask as each one goes into the community that you give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day.